if you feel like you're giving, 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 and you feel like you're burning out and there's nothing left for you at the end of the day, then this is for you. I'm gonna give you eight things that you should be prioritizing yourself in. And maybe you'll call this selfish, maybe you'll think it's narcissistic, we're gonna talk about all of that, but I promise you that if you follow these eight things, you will actually be a better mom or dad for your children and you'll enjoy your own life so much more. You'll love parenting and you'll be able to parent from love in a much more effective way. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. I'm the mother of five. I'm a mindset coach for parents and I'm the founder of Present Play, which is an online membership that is dedicated to helping parents to create family bliss. We have thousands of members from all over the world and this video is brought to you free by Present Play because Present Play opens only once a year. It opens its doors in April and we start the Present Play year in May. We learn how to teach kids to play independently. We learn how to take back our time and manage our schedules and calendars. We learn how to make deep, meaningful connections with our children, but also to discipline them and to teach them and guide them in effective ways. And so much more. So check out presentplay.com and you can get on the wait list because it opens in April. But meanwhile, I would like to bring you some ideas here on these channels uh, that can help you get started with reclaiming your life as a human being, even though you're raising little children. I think many of us can end up feeling burnt out and in survival mode like a floor rag uh, because we're just kind of self-sacrificial and like a martyr and just there's nothing left for us at the end of the day. Do you ever feel like that? Like you've been drained, right? Every last drop of energy has been squeezed out of you because you're giving and giving and taking care and nurturing and looking after and cleaning up and doing all the things for everyone else. Well, I am going to make the case today that infusing a little bit more selfishness or a lot more selfishness is actually not selfish at all. In fact, it's so much better for your children to have a parent who feels well cared for. I talk a lot about self-care and about putting your own needs First, that idea of putting on your oxygen mask first so that you can take care of other people. In Present Play, we have a whole month dedicated to self-care and creating energy and abundant strength. But let me get you started here with some core tips. Number one is to start the day with you, with caring for yourself, i.e. the first thing you do when you wake up. I know what you're thinking, that's impossible. The baby's screaming, the toddler's throwing things, my kids are nagging at me, or whatever else. The day starts with someone else's needs, right? Someone wants to nurse, someone's hungry, someone needs a diaper change. Believe me, I get it. I have five children of my own and they certainly start my day by telling me all of their different needs simultaneously at once and it can be loud and overwhelming. And I could, kind of stumble out of bed, still in my pajamas, still groggy, you know, and get straight to taking care of them, giving them breakfast, changing diapers, cleaning up, but I don't. Call me selfish, but I say to them, just one minute, please, and I get dressed. I make my bed, I wash my face, I show up to the day, right? I maybe put some face cream on, use the bathroom, brush my teeth, 
maybe have a quick shower. I take a few minutes to take care of myself so that I can feel like I'm showing up like a human being to the day, like a well cared for, healthy human, not someone who doesn't have time to shower, who doesn't have time to change, who, oh, it's fine, I'll just wear the clothes with the spit up and the, you know, the stains and the exhaustion and the sweat. No, I don't want to start my day like that. And I know that I will be a lot less resentful and a lot more um, nurturing and kind to my children if I make them wait for a few minutes and I take care of myself first. Now, are there sometimes emergencies that can't wait for five minutes? Yes, but on most days, that's not the case. On most days, even though they might whine or they might complain a little bit or even cry, I say to them, yes, my love, I hear you. I'll be right with you. I just need to get dressed first. I just need two minutes in the bathroom first. It's only a few more minutes, but it makes all the difference to how I show up to my children. So I wanna suggest that you infuse a little bit of selfishness right at the start of your day and start your day with you. The first thing you do, start your day with just a few minutes for you and watch the difference. Number two is eat for you. I know that if you're anything like me, it can be really hard to put yourself and your, your nourishment first, right? You are constantly needing to take care of someone else, of your child. You need to prepare the meals and think about, you know, are they getting proteins and fats and carbs and all this stuff? And you need to prepare so much food every single day. Like, oh my goodness, they eat dinner every day again and again and again and cleaning up that food. And it can be difficult to prepare food for yourself. Many parents tend to just pick at their children's leftovers or eat kind of toddler food or eat food that wasn't the food that they wanted to eat for their body, but whatever, my kid likes pasta, so I'm just going to eat the pasta because that's what there is. And I totally get it. It's a kind of a tall order that I'm saying here, oh, prepare more food or different food uh, for yourself. But I think that food, you know, we are what we eat and what we put in our bodies makes absolutely every difference to the levels of energy and how we feel and our mood and our health, of course. And when we put that on the back burner and say, well, I don't matter. I'm just here as a vessel for making food for others, but I'm not taking care of my own body and I'm not caring for my preferences or eating in accordance to my values and how I want to treat myself because I don't matter at the moment. I'm just here to serve others. I think that leads to resentment down the line. I think that leads to a day-to-day -day feeling of low energy, of low vibes, of frustration and resentment. I want you to flip it around. I want you to start your meals off by thinking, what am I going to eat? What do I want for breakfast? What do I want for lunch, etc.? And the reason I'm saying this is because I want you to know that in so many places around the world, there's no such thing as kids' food. There's no such thing as a kid's menu. Kids are expected to eat whatever the adults eat in that family. Now, even if that's not the case for you, like you're going to cook yourself a really healthy, uh, wholesome breakfast and your kids are going to eat whatever, uh, Cheerios, as my kids often do, that's fine, but it's still wonderful for them to see you eating that healthy breakfast that you put together in whatever your own terms. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to tell you what to eat, but I do want to encourage you to eat the things that you want to eat despite being a parent, despite being busy caring for other people's food. This is about not 
eating just leftovers and not eating just kids food and not eating maybe the junk or the less healthy options or the less nutritious options that you are okay with kids eating because they're growing individuals and that works for them but maybe it's not what you want to eat for yourself maybe it is and if it is that's fine no shame but if it isn't i just want to really encourage you to put yourself and your nutritional and health needs first number three is consume content for you when we become parents we often hear things like disney movies or barney or sesame street or i don't know what other characters and music on loop right like it's all about the kids music and the kids movies and the kids podcasts etc in the car we play music for the kids at home we're playing podcasts for the kids etc and that's fine and all well and good and i'm not suggesting that you don't play those things for your kids but what if you could also play the things that you want to listen to for yourself. Maybe that means popping in a pair of headphones while you're driving and letting them hear their podcast and you hear yours. Of course, there's a value to listening to things together as a family and consuming content together and discussing it and being part of that experience together. That's lovely. But if you do that all the time, you might start to feel like your brain is rotting, like you're not interested in all this kid's uh, material, especially if it's for little kids. It's just not interesting for you. And you have all these interests and things that you do want to learn and you can't do it because you're a parent. And that can also build resentment and frustration towards your children or towards life, you know, as a parent. So change that up. I want to really encourage you to put on music that you love. Instead of always playing kids songs at home, what about playing your own classical music or rock or punk or whatever it is that you like listening to? It's a great opportunity to educate your children and expose them to other genres. And it's also a way of making your home a place that you like to be. By the way, if you want my tips on creating a high vibe home, I will link that video below because it's so important to make your home a place that you love being and I have a lot of tips on that. So when you buy books for your children, when you download podcasts, when you listen to music and when you watch movies as a family, try to make these experiences that are fun for you as well. Not just you sitting through something mind-numbing and boring for your children's sake, but something that you can enjoy either as a family or just for you, separate to them, as in the podcast example. When we watch family movies, I really try to find movies that the whole family can enjoy. And many movies are designed so that the adults really get something and the kids get something kind of different and we can enjoy the same piece of content on different levels of understanding. I don't want to watch movies that I don't wanna watch. I don't have an hour and a half to burn on just sitting through, you know, things that I'm not interested in. I want to watch a movie that I too will have a level of enjoyment with. And if I'm not going to enjoy it, that's fine for my kids to watch it without me, but I'm not gonna sit through things that I'm just gonna suffer through because that will just build my frustration towards my children and not bring us closer together or help me to enjoy my life as a parent. Number four is go to places that you love going. Go to activities, go on outings, do things that you love to do. Are there concerts you love to go to? Museums, hikes, certain sports that you love to do? Do you love to go to the beach? What are the things that you really enjoy that set you alight, right? What are the things that really um, give you that glint in your eye? Don't give up on those things because you're a parent. Try and find a way of incorporating those things into your family life. Often people will say to me, I love hiking, but my kid complains the whole way that it's boring or that they can't be bothered. And I think to myself, 
I get it. My kid sometimes complains on hikes too. But I push through and I continually try uh, to create that family culture of hiking because it's so important to me. I love being out in the forest. I believe that it is healthy for them. I believe that overcoming a little bit of frustration or tiredness or laziness or whatever is actually really good for my kids. I want them to see me as a role model of someone who moves their body and is out in nature a lot. And so really, even though it's not their highest preference, I still take my kids on hikes. And sometimes they totally love it and get into it and enjoy it. And sometimes they complain the whole way. So yes, there's sometimes a price to pay, but oftentimes that's worth it because your kids are gaining a new skill because you're getting to enjoy your life and you're getting to model something that's valuable and important to you. If you think that there are certain concerts or festivals or events or restaurants you want to eat in, you want to go to, this is an opportunity to kind of train your kids in, in the way of life that you love, in the cultural aspects that you enjoy and are interested in. And I think that's inherently valuable for them. And for you, right? For the whole holistic unit. So don't give up on the things that you love doing. Find a way of doing them with your children or without your children. That's also, you know, appropriate at times, of course. Um, but the main thing that I want to make sure that you're not doing is giving up on them altogether. Number five is to organize your home for you. Ultimately, even though your house is your children's home as well, you are the ultimate responsible one who's going to be tidying up and organizing and making sure that the home runs smoothly. You're in charge at the end of the day of making sure that everything happens, right? And so even though they should help with laundry and they should help with tidying up and they should clean up their own things and they should keep their own rooms, you know, organized, etc. Ultimately, you're the leader and you're the parent and you set the tone and often the responsibility falls to you. And therefore, I think you should set boundaries and you should feel very, uh, you know, comfortable. I think this might sound selfish, but I think ultimately it's just good leadership um, to teach your children and to set boundaries around how much stuff you're really willing to have, where you're really willing for them to keep their stuff. I'll give you an example. If kids want to hang up things all over the house with sellotape, but that feels cluttered to you, or it ruins the paint on the walls, this is a perfect place for you to exercise boundaries and leadership and say no. And you can dedicate a cork board or a magnet board and say, here's where you can hang up stuff and the rest of the house, I don't allow it. And the reason I think that that kind of selfishness is very good is because you want to create a home that you find easy to run and that you find enjoyable to be in. Your kids don't realize just how much stress those types of things can cause you, right? If you say to them, look, we can't buy any more uh, cards because I find the cards all over the house and I end up bending down to pick them up about 50 times a day and it's just too much for me, right? I'm dedicating this one basket. You can have this basket. You can fill it with as many cards as you want, but we're not doing more than that. That's the limit because that's how much our home can hold, right? We just don't have space for more than that. It's perfectly okay to set limits on things you're willing to buy, on how many stuffed animals you're willing to have, on how many games and toys you're willing to have, on how many clothes, shoes, etc. you're willing to have based on your environment and based on your capacity to keep it organized and to feel like your home is well run. That is not selfish. I know sometimes we might feel, but it's their home too and they should have full creative licenses of their rooms. No, they should have some creative license of their rooms, but not full. 
they can't just draw on the walls or hang things everywhere or keep it messy if ultimately that's going to fall to you and ultimately that's going to cause you stress it's a loop that will come back and bite them in the butt in the end and that's not good for them and not good for you so basically feel perfectly free to organize your home in accordance to your needs and limit uh, the amount of stuff in your home, including your children's own possessions, to the amount of stuff that you can manage. Number six is to shop for you. And primarily, I mean supermarket shopping and food shopping, but I think this is also true of clothes and toys and books as well. Mainly, I want to say you are in control of what you pay for. You do not have to pay for items that you don't believe in, that you don't enjoy and that you don't want around your home. If you don't want certain food items in your pantry, don't buy them. If you don't want certain video games or uh, toys or noise makers of, of any kind in the house, don't buy them. You have that power and you have that, um, that responsibility for a reason. You're the adult, you set the tone, you set the values, you set the culture of the home. And of course you wanna take your children's preferences into account and you want to create a home where they are absolutely at home and have the things that they love, but again, you're the leader and you set the values and the tone and you're going to teach them and guide them. And part of that is how you use your dollars. So saying you're willing or unwilling to spend on something, to buy something or to own something is absolutely appropriate. It is not selfish or if it is, it's selfish in the best kind of way. Number seven is to make friends for you. Join communities, find families, even schools or churches, mosques, synagogues, uh, community centers, local playgrounds, uh, sports teams, etc. Any kind of group of people that you want to belong to, that you want to hang out with. Some of my children's best friends, all of my children's best friends, are children of my best friends, <laughs> our best friends as a couple, people we love to hang out with. Uh, and then it's just so amazing because the families love to hang out together, right? So it's not just me dropping my child off for a play date with a family I don't know and with parents that I'm not particularly close to, but instead it's a much more um, holistic relationship where I have a great relationship with the parents um, and the kids have a great relationship with each other. Now, I know this is a, a you know, there's a lot of luck involved in this. You can't always find couples that both want to get along and kids that all get along and everyone's happy clappy together. It's it's kind of a miracle when it happens. But on the other hand, it's actually something you can really work on. I feel both very lucky and also very proud of the work we've done to create and foster and find and seek and nourish those relationships with people and with their children to create these kind of full family friendships. I think it's incredibly enriching. It really feels more like community and less like these kind of pinpointed friendships that, oh, you know, someone they met at school, someone they met at a class, um, but rather uh, these families that we know we're going to grow old with, that we're going to travel with, that we're going to do life together, right? It's kind of like extended family or like family that you choose for yourself. And so I really wanna encourage you to find friends that you enjoy hanging out with um, and try to foster relationships that work both for the adults and for the children, right? Invite the parents to stay during the play day. Invite the, the families to meet for a full day hike or for a picnic or for an outing or even to travel together eventually. These are the types of things that actually make parenting really fun because rather than just, again, chauffeuring your kid around to a play date, you also get 
to connect. You also get deep, meaningful social connections with other people. In Present Play, we dedicate an entire month to building your village and how to create these crucial connections, both for children and for adults. Um, but I really want you to like get on this mindset right now at how important it is to build your village, right? To build your community and to have those key friendships that support you and that encourage you and that feel meaningful to you and to your children. So you are not just here as, uh, you know, your child's secretary uh, running their social calendar and getting them to social events and making sure that they have friends. You are here as the entire family's social secretary for yourself as well and ensuring that you have those meaningful relationships too. And finally, number eight is to say no for you. Say no for things that you don't want. And I think this is such a pitfall for us parents. We get blinded by things that our children nag us for. Maybe they're nagging for a puppy or for a trip to Disneyland or for a video game console or for snacks or for you know, a bouncy house. I don't know. Any random thing that they want that's either too expensive and it's just not in our budget or it doesn't align with our values and our goals, or it doesn't align with our health approach. You know, anything that just isn't what we want. Like a puppy is a great example where so many kids will want a dog and parents will kind of cave and get one. Um, not realizing that ultimately it's the parents who are going to need to really pay the price, you know, the financial price and the time investment. And ultimately it's the parent's dog. <laughs> like, let's be honest, most children are not going to take full responsibility. They're not going to be taking that dog to the vet and walking them twice a day and doing all the things that need to be done. And so if a parent is not truly invested in like, yes, I want a dog, I want a dog and you want a dog. So this is great. Let's all get a dog together. Then it could end up being one of these points of resentment where you're like, well, I, you know, we went out, they nagged us for it. Eventually we got this dog and now they never even play with the dog and they don't take responsibility for the dog and it all falls on me. And I want to say, yeah, that's going to happen with a lot of things. So if your kids are pushing you to get something that you feel is not in the budget or does not align with your long-term goals or isn't in your family vision, um, these are things that you can and should be selfish about, be clear on. It isn't narcissism. It isn't selfishness. It isn't not giving your children the life that they deserve. It's actually very, very wise and attuned to the relationship and realizing if I do this, uh, I'm going to end up frustrated, angry, exhausted, and resentful of my child. And I'm not going to show up as the parent that I want to be because I'm irritated that I caved and gave into something that I don't want to actually do or don't want to pay for. And don't do those things. You don't have to. That's not your job to, you know, be the entertainment center for your child and make sure they have everything that they could possibly desire. It's perfectly okay for them to want things that they can't get. In fact, it's very healthy for them. And it's perfectly okay for you and necessary for you to say no to the things that ultimately you don't want, you don't want to do and are going to build frustration and resentment long term. All right, guys, so these were my eight selfishness hacks, if you like, uh, to become the parent that you want to be, to enjoy parenting, and things that you really should prioritize yourself over. You should put yourself first in these arenas, and putting yourself first means that you'll be a better parent to your children, means that they'll see a model of a leader and someone who knows what values they stand behind and how they want to run their home. And even if it causes some frustration or some waiting or some irritation for your kids or some disappointment, that's really healthy for them. They have to learn 
to deal with disappointment, to deal with waiting a few minutes, to deal with not getting exactly what they want. And that's really healthy for you as well, because you will show up with much better energy and much less resentment over time. All of this is gonna help you to love parenting and to parent from love. All right, guys, don't forget to sign up for the waitlist for Present Play at presentplay.com. We open in April only once a year. It's the only opportunity to join. And then we all go through the program together and I would very much love to see you on the inside. If you want to transform your parenting and really, really create family bliss in this most meaningful project of your life, Present Play is the place to do that. And I really look forward to going through the journey with you. Much love and love. Namaste.